He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome in. This is the first time I've welcomed you in in the year 2024, and uh, I'm glad to do it. Glad to do it. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's, New Year's Eve. hope you had a great holiday. Uh, hope all your teams that play football won. Mine did not, <laughs> but that's the way she goes. I was just reading an article here about um, Nick Saban, who tragically lost um, the game with uh, Michigan uh, yesterday, and uh, it was a close. It was a good game. His wife said that you know after that game was going to be the Texas Washington game, and uh, she said, "Do you want to watch the next game?" He said, "Not really." <laughs> Which I, who could blame him? I mean, would you do that for a living? And he just had a huge disappointment. I mean, they nearly they nearly won it. They could have scored the touchdown there, and uh, but there was another bad snap. The quarterback had to look down to get it. It was a low snap, and by the time he looked up, there was no place to go but straight ahead, and and there were a lot of people in the way right there, and so they, they stopped him. That was the end of the game. And so uh, she said, well, what would you like to do? And he said, I just don't have any interest watching any of the games. Uh, we ain't going anywhere. Uh, Saban instead needed something to stream, as explained by his wife, Terry, to USA Today. You want to watch the other football game? Yes. He said, nah, not really. Uh, Terry then said, okay, let's watch Netflix. With the fir- with the, the further description that the film the couple had been watching is Turkish or something. And it's just like everybody else. You know, during the holidays, you binge on stuff, and evidently they've been watching this Turkish or something. Um, and so that's what they watched until the next game. I wish I'd watched Turkish or something because I watched uh, the Texas game, and that was another heartbreaker, at least for Texans, uh, because it came down to the final play, the final second, and the defensive back uh, slapped the ball away, and that was it for that. But I do think you'll see Texas back next year. I think they've got a really good team, and – They'll have Arch Manning next year, so looking forward to that. Uh, and then next week, of course, it'll be Washington and Michigan State. I'm kind of leaning toward Michigan State on that one because I know some people that went to Michigan. I'm not Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, they went there, and uh, I think they're really the better team. I think they should win. And so we'll be tuning. That's next Monday. And so uh, then you got uh, the NFL still playing. Cowboys play again on Sunday. I can't believe the Philadelphia Eagles lost their third. Didn't break my heart. I just can't believe they did it. I mean, they were like eleven and zero just three games away ago, and now uh, they're bumping along with us, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And if Dallas beats Washington Sunday at three uh, thirty, they win the division. I mean, who'd have thunk it? Of course, I know the Dallas Cowboys. They're still going to screw this up somehow. So. That's what I told everybody about the about the Longhorns. I said, "Listen, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm used to disappointment." So, uh, if you were like so many people, especially in the South, maybe only in the South, I don't know if people up north do this, but on either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or both, we did it both. Uh, we eat cornbread 
black eyed peas, collard greens, and uh, usually uh, some kind of pork in the in the black eyed peas because that gives it flavor. But I, and I'd always heard it meant good luck and money, uh, but I really didn't know where it came from or how how it ever got started. And supposedly, according to a lot of historians, uh, originally the uh, the black eyed peas came from Africa. And they were called cowpeas, and they were fed to the livestock. And then when slaves were brought over from Africa to the West Indies, they brought them with them then, and then they made their way to the United States with the slaves that were brought to this country. And it became part of their staple diet, even though they also fed it to livestock. Uh, and then uh, the Civil War came along, and Sherman and his, his uh, Union Army marched to the south, burning and destroying everything, crops, houses they they killed all the livestock or took it with them but they left behind all the all the fields that were uh these cow peas or black-eyed peas because they felt like it was just something they fed the animals and they already killed all the animals so we're gonna do anybody any good and uh so also the greens the collard greens which grow in the winter all the way up to sometimes december maybe even january and that was a, a staple food that uh so many people ate because you know it ain't like going to fresh market and getting greens in the winter and the greens in the winter in those days it was collard greens that was it but the union army they didn't know what it was it looked like some kind of weed growing on the ground and of course the cornbread they didn't eat cornbread they didn't, they didn't know what the hell cornbread was it's like grits they didn't know what grits were and so that became a tradition. You eat the call it the the black eyed peas for good luck, because they felt like the Union Army didn't steal, take all the beans or destroy the fields. The staff was very lucky. That's how a lot of people survived that first winter, maybe the first two winters of the Civil, after the Civil War. And then the same thing with the collard greens that represented money, the color of green. And uh, then the cornbread was golden color, and so that was also a good thing. Because everybody, it was so. The South was so devastated. It didn't matter whether you were a former slave or a slave owner or never owned a slave. The whole South was devastated, and nobody had anything, and everybody was starving. And uh, what was left had carpetbaggers uh, from up north had come down and taken that. And the law was all on the side of the Union Army, and so there wasn't anybody to complain to. Sort of like today's DOJ. They may be doing you wrong, but who are you going to tell? And so they lived on whatever they could live on, and... And uh, they all the the Union the Yankees they all thought that uh, black eyed peas, cornbread, and collard greens were not fit for human consumption, and that's what that's why they left it. And uh, in, in in retrospect, it was the thing that really saved the South from total starvation during those years. I just thought it was an interesting story. I thought you would uh, appreciate the history there because uh, everything comes from somewhere. You just often don't hear the real story behind it, but. It survives to this day, and so next year when you eat it, at least you'll know where it came from. And maybe it'll bring you good luck, money, and gold. At least I'm hoping so. Um, otherwise, uh, the New Year's it was cold. I went to the University of Memphis, uh, and Iowa State game last Friday with my friends from the sheriff's office and uh, Tennessee Bureau of Investigations. A bunch of the guys, Newt and Mark and Terry and uh, Chuck, and we're all bummed up. I looked like a, a gopher sticking my head out of the ground. <laughs> I had so many coats. and, and But it was, I'm telling you, it was cold. In fact, I'm still hoarse from being out in the weather that whole time and coughing. And I don't feel bad. It sounded bad. 
great game. University of Memphis played great. It was uh, almost a, a pretty full house. And uh, a lot of people came from Iowa. And uh, I think they thoroughly enjoyed coming here because they had at the big buffet before the game, they had uh, barbecue and, and grilled chicken and uh, an open bar. I think they really liked the open bar part. Uh, but uh, they had some exciting moments, and uh, they had some big plays, and it was it was a good uh, competitive game. And and they're used to the cold. A lot of people out there from Iowa with these light little uh, sport jackets on. I'm going, <laughs> knock yourself out, man. I'm dressing up like uh, uh, the Explorer of the North Pole. And uh, so uh, uh, it was a great weekend, a lot of, a lot of sports, a lot of people – Still families getting together. And, uh, and uh, a lot of people, well, I have some friends that went down to the coast who were down in Destin and said it was, it was, uh, really great because it wasn't too crowded. <coughs> Excuse me. Still trying to get over all this stuff. And, uh, but they, they had a great time. Uh, and it's really a good time to go to Destin if you want to go down there this time of year. Uh, prices are a lot less. You can get into the restaurants and, the walk on the beach is a walk on the beach. And I think one day this past weekend, it was actually good enough to play golf down there. So, uh, and, and I've traveled a lot of places. I've been on beaches all over the world and Destin, Sandestin, that whole area strip, best beaches anywhere in the world. Go ahead and take my word for it. You can go to California, Florida, the, the East Florida, Miami, go to, uh, Biloxi, go to Cancun, uh, Honduras, uh, Brazil, Normandy, and they got beaches, but not like Destin. The water is just incredible. Beaches are great, and uh, they got great restaurants and just a great place to go. We're very fortunate to live as close as we do to uh, Destin, San Destin. Uh, breaking news just before we came on, it was announced that the, the president of Harvard uh, has uh, resigned. I remember she, there was a big controversy about her not calling out these students over the anti-Semitism and saying that unless they actually acted, they were going to do anything to these students. Well, you know, threatening people to kill them and kill all of them uh, from the river to the sea, uh, that's a threat. And they didn't see anything wrong with that. And alumni of Harvard withdrew donations. But what really got her was they started investigating her and found that she had plagiarized all these articles she had written over 60 times. And uh, that's kind of a no-no when you're the president of a major university to have gotten all your degrees and PhDs uh, through plagiarism. So they finally gave her the boot today. But get this. In the end, she didn't say it was the anti-Semitism thing that got her. It wasn't. The plagiarism, it was racism. They got her fired. So there you are. She can plagiarize and, and didn't deny it. Never denied a thing about any of the plagiarism. Didn't deny that she didn't speak up strongly enough about anti-Semitism. But she did say that she got fired because of racism. So there you go. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back on the uh, first Tuesday of 2024. Uh, we're just telling you about the resignation of Harvard's president. Uh, and uh, this is a board that's now coming out and said that uh, 
Uh, Harvard's uh, provost will serve as interim president in the wake of Claudine Gay's resignation. So the first black leader of the nation's most prestigious university has resigned. She wrote in a message to the Harvard community Tuesday. She stepped down after months of contending with interlocking crises over the Israel-Hamas war, campus anti-Semitism, and allegations of plagiarism in her scholarly works. Uh, Gay said last December she had was named Bacow, who was then the president's successor, that she planned to continue his work grappling with institutions' historic ties to slavery. Gay, 53, said at the time that she would strive to maintain the diversity of Harvard's student body, even though it was then expected the Supreme Court would struck down race-based affirmative action in college admissions. And last June, the court's ruling in lawsuits against Harvard and the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, banned affirmative action in most higher education admissions. Gay also said that she would expand relationship with historically black colleges and universities, which has significantly smaller endowments than schools in the Ivy League, which is true. Harvard has something like $50 billion in endowments that they just invest. In. But you'd think it would be free for anybody that wanted to go to Harvard with that kind of dough, but it ain't. Uh, there are scholarships for those that get them. Uh, but she said, as a woman of color, my president affirms someone's sense of belonging at Harvard. That's a great honor. She said in December 22, after she was named president-elect, and for those who are beyond our gates, if this prompt promotes them to look at anew at Harvard, to consider new possibilities for themselves and their future, then my appointment will be have meaning for me that goes beyond words. Uh, but today she did resign, and Larry Bacow, who was the president, uh, from 2018 until Claudine Gay assumed the position last summer, told the Boston Globe that she he sad about the news of her resignation. Claudine is a person of great intellect, integrity, vision, and strength. Bacow said in an email she had much to contribute, not just to Harvard, but to all other higher education. I regret that she would not have that opportunity. Uh, he didn't say anything about the accusations of plagiarism. Uh, and she didn't ever have any, she didn't write a book, and she never wrote any big, long, uh, revealing articles. She just wrote a few articles, and apparently she just uh, cut and pasted uh, information in those articles without giving credit. And that's called plagiarism. Of course, our president, Joe Biden, is no stranger to plagiarism. He's been caught plagiarizing all the way through college, and uh, even after that, I've heard him giving speeches. Uh <laughs> Using quotes from John F. Kennedy, you know, change them just a little bit, but still, nonetheless, uh, very close, in fact, to the original speeches. Um, and I don't know why. I expect more of it, though, with artificial intelligence, because we, if we started learning, is that artificial intelligence uh, will steal ideas and, and, and create verbiage without giving credit. So now, while people can. And just uh, give a few uh, perimeters to artificial intelligence and say, write this article. It will write it, and then it'll send it back to you. But then you've got to spend pretty much most of your time going through it to make sure you can verify where all the information comes from, and it's actually true. So, you know, there's nothing simple. There's nothing easy out there. Uh, there was a, a tragedy in Japan. Well, actually, a couple of them. They had a... A earthquake and tsunami there yesterday, 
And then a plane crashed there today, hitting a Japanese uh, Coast Guard plane, killing all five on board there. But they had like several hundred people on the, the commercial airliner that uh, landed. 379 passengers survived after the plane exploded. Five Coast Guard crew members are dead. Uh, There's just an inferno. They had some video of his landed and evidently hit a tax the plane landing hit a taxiing plane the the coast guard plane uh the passenger plane carrying nearly 400 people burst into a ball of fire at tokyo airport uh, when it collided with the coast guard jet killing at least five crew members horrifying videos showed the japan airlines plane suddenly burst into flames after touching down at anita international airport with the fireball spreading across the runway as it came to a stop um you know, you always think about it whenever you fly that something bad could happen because it does make international headlines every time it does because it so rarely happens. Uh, but when you think about all the car wrecks just here in Memphis and how many people get killed on a weekly basis compared with how many people get killed in, in airline uh, accidents, it's uh, really no contest at all. It still it still makes you think about it, though, because, you know, you think that you're this big, huge jet. If it goes down, you're all going to die. But... You don't think you think about being is a little tiny car that if you somebody in a big truck hits you that uh, you're all going to die. Uh, <clears throat> the key word is just be careful. I do want to send out some kudos to the Collierville Police Department, the Memphis Police Department, Shelby County Sheriff's Office. There was a carjacking in um, Collierville this weekend. Two youths uh, hijacked the car, and uh, there was a chase that ensued. And you've heard me talk about these. Uh, these cameras that are more and more of them showing up around the county and across the country. Um, and they read license plates and identify cars. And they started tracking this car as it was moving through the city. And eventually caught it over on Spotswood near University of Memphis. And uh, it was because of the tracking these cameras. And I'm just telling, putting the word out to you criminals out there. If you're listening, if you're taking a rest up from your criminal activity, uh, we're going to get you because there's nowhere you can go that these cameras aren't. You can't hide from them. You can change the license plates on the car. It identifies, uh, broken windows, taillights that are out, uh, paint jobs. It's just like taking a facial recognition picture of a human. Uh, that's what it remembers about vehicles. And they take a, get a shot of it and they put it out on the system and it will alert the entire system wherever this vehicle shows up. And in fact, they're getting more and more people. That's how law enforcement is apprehending them. They're not, they don't even have to chase them. They just have to wait for the cameras to say, okay, they pulled in here. This is the last place we, we've tracked it. And then they go over there and they just round them up. It's a lot safer. You're not uh, risking people's <coughs> excuse me, lives on the streets by having high-speed chases. But uh, the Collierville Police Department does an excellent job of taking care of us and along with the Memphis now let's just keep them in jail, judges. We're going to take a quick break. Then we got uh, going to check in with uh, Diane Kimbrough, Lady Di, your health care PI. And thank you very much and welcome back. And joining me now on the phone for the first time in 2024 is Diane Kimbrough, Lady Di, your health care PI. <laughs> Yeah, the first time we've talked in 2024. Yep, it won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have a big New Year's Eve? 
You know, we were going to have a really big New Year's Eve, and um, we decided to reverse it and go low-key and just went to our place at the lake and kind of did our own thing. It was, really, it, was, it was nice. I liked it. My, my son and his uh, new bride uh, said they've been at the rodeo. She's been barrel racing all week with the um, AutoZone Rodeo, and they were so tired, they went to bed at 9.30 Saturday night. I- or I guess it'd be Sunday night. That's it for us. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> I said, welcome to married life there, son. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, but a quiet night's not bad. In fact, we, we, all, we went out to a place down in Mississippi with some of our friends down a place called Taylor, Mississippi. It's about a little community about seven miles uh, east of uh, Oxford. There's a, I don't know if you ever heard it. It's called the Taylor uh, Grocery and Hardware. No. And it's, it's been on all these uh, different magazines, Garden Gun and places like that. A really a quaint little th- place, really cool. Now this little town has sprouted up. There's a restaurant there called Grit. That's where we had our New Year's Eve dinner, five-course dinner. It was really good. And, but all these people from Memphis and, and everywhere are building these homes. They're, 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 like, they're called Modern Farmhouse uh, uh, Rendition. Except on the inside, they're very modern and have all the the accoutrements, if you will. But on the outside, it's it's shaped like an old farmhouse with a wraparound porch and the screened-in porch and the wooden porch. And then on the seat on the the beadboard with the uh, the light blue color they painted. And there's a name for it, even that light blue. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. They want to make it look Uh, like the sky. So you're sitting on the porch, you look up, and it's this light blue. Well, yeah. I just think all that sounds very quaint and wonderful and relaxing. But yeah, and that was that's what we said. I said, "Listen, man, I've I've been to the Overton Square where everybody was screaming and yelling, and uh, <laughs> and we were we were fighting to stay up till eleven o'clock uh, in for New York uh, New Year's Eve. Did, did y'all stay up until midnight, or do you? Uh, Goodness, no. <laughs> why would we? <laughs> I mean. I don't have to wait till midnight to say Happy New Year, do I? No, no. In fact, you don't have to say it uh, that day. You can wait till tomorrow, and when you wake up, you say Happy New Year. I mean, we talked about it, but I'm, I'm telling you, when you get out there and you get on the lake and you just kind of get in your little your spot, and we went and had some wonderful. We found this really, um, um, I forgot the name of it, but it was a, a marina that was off the beaten path, and it was just very country. Very low key, and yeah. had a little fun there. And then we left there and went to it's called Country and Western, and it's in Camden, Tennessee. And we had wonderful food. And I mean, those are the things we enjoy now, right? Oh well, yeah, <laughs> it don't take much to make me happy. I can tell you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and we just and we just create our own memories. We just had a blast and um, really enjoyed our time there. But. I also was working the whole time I was there because it's been towards the end of the year. And it's amazing the people that will start texting you out of nowhere, even on New Year's Eve. Because they've realized they've waited till the last minute. Yeah, and I guess they think that I'm just sitting here waiting for a phone call. And and you were, (laughs) as a matter of fact. (laughs) Lo and behold, I can still get reception in the country. Well, but you're like Kathy. We were driving down to Mississippi, and she got a... uh, message from somebody wanted to get some information they want to be in the magazine uh, for memphis magazine but she the whole trip down there she was writing up their um, their deal 
And he said, yeah, you know, you, in, in our world, the responsible people world, you take care of business, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, yes. I and, mean, I was having Zoom meetings out at the lake. How's that? There you, you go. Know? That's what I'm talking about. It's all these people that you can't get a hold of on the on the uh, holidays. You sit there going, "Well, I'm available. How come they're not available?" So, right there you right. are. But you're, that's one thing I like about you. You are available. You do get back and uh, take care of business. I really try to. I mean, it's. Uh, I know people get really, really engaged in the holidays, and we put our list together, and we put the thing at the list at the bottom that we really dread dealing with first, right? And that's health insurance. Who wants to talk about health insurance? Nobody. Nobody. And um, I understand that. But, you know, the more I get into this and the more I start, it gives me creative ways of helping other people. I enjoy it even more and try to, I really try to, I'm still trying to educate people because a lot of people just don't understand. It's not black and white. No. And um, it's not like the old days. You know, just sign me up. I have coverage. I'll pay this much, and I'm done. It's it's just not. They're not letting it be that simple anymore. Well, we were even talking about down in Mississippi, as as we've talked before, about making sure your coverage, your network includes wherever you are. And if you're mm-hmm. somebody who frequently goes down to Mississippi, you want to make sure you have coverage down there because you don't want to have somebody wrap you up in a blanket and drive you back to Memphis to take you to the emergency room. Right. And, and and you also want to know that uh, wherever the coverage is down there, that you, you want to make sure it's in network. I know people ignore that, but in and out of networks is very important. And there may be doctors and hospitals and urgent care centers, but do we know if they're in your network? Because if they're not, you may as well not have insurance because it's going to cost you on the leg. Well, it can, and it's uh, and it especially in fact, it's kind of brought home my. Son and his um, his bride had a little accident with a horse trailer and a jackknifing and busted out a window on the, the truck. And oh. and they're going, well, that's the last thing we need right now is a bunch of money coming out of our pockets. Well, that happened to be a truck, which we covered up with a plastic garbage bag, <laughs> the window, <laughs> and we can fix the rest of it later. But the thing about it is nobody expects bad things to happen, especially young people and but it does, and it could have been just as easily been somebody gotten hurt going to the emergency room, and, and that's what you think you don't need uh, all this, uh, you know, health care and stuff, but until you need it. Right, right. And, you know, right now I'm still helping people who, believe it or not, still qualify for a January 1st um, ACA marketplace Obamacare, all mean the same thing, uh, planned. Because if you have a special enrollment, if you happen to just lose your insurance, then you still qualify for an ACA plan that would begin retroactive to January 1st. So um, I'm, I'm learning and trying to help others learn that, that you didn't miss that window. January 1st is important. But we still have February 1st with the ACA, Obamacare Marketplace plans, that if you want to try to get on there, I'm helping lots of people look at that, not only as just the option, but as an additional option. Maybe they want to have something that gives them just limited coverage, and it doesn't cost a whole lot, but if there's something that truly catastrophic happened and they were worried about you know, a multitude of things, 
locally, then they can do an ACA plan too. You're not limited to having just one or the other. Right. And I've done that on a couple of people as well, just to kind of fill in gaps for them. Well, and the thing about it is, is, we're talking about these open windows. That's for uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. But if you just have a personal policy, you can opt out at any time and get another policy, one that may work a lot better for you. And right now, everybody's looking for a way to save money. And and, and that's what Diane also does, is look at what you're paying for now. And do you really need all those different uh, features of your policy? That's a very good point. You know, I'm helping a, a young lady right now who we tried to really streamline coverage for her family in the interim, just, you know, want to take a breather from paying exorbitant health care fees. And we came up with a really good short-term plan that covers catastrophic up to a million dollars. But the nice thing about that short-term plan, it also gives you unlimited urgent care visits at $50 copays. And urgent care visits can be anything from a physical to getting a, you know, a steroid shot, a cocktail shot. So, you don't want to limit. Uh, it may take a little more work, or it may take a you know a little better understanding of how to use your plan. But you can certainly save a lot of money if you just use the urgent care as your doctor instead of going to multiple different places if you don't have to. Well, like today, I talked to George Gully over at uh, Jim Karras, and he said, "I'm going to go to the doctor today to get a to the what do you call the shot nurse to get a shot because like me, he's got this sinus thing and going down to your chest and would that be something that would be covered under the $50 copay going to a shot yeah. nurse? Well, they're not considered urgent care. It'd have to be an urgent care center. So, but if it was. My husband, yeah, my husband went and got one. My husband went and got one at urgent care center. He, I just said, you get a steroid shot. You get that, you're going to feel a thousand times better. Yeah, that's what everybody's I'm going to do. That's a crud right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got this because everybody's hacking and coughing, and, and you, you're not going to get any better on your own. I've discovered because I've felt this way since last Friday. <laughs> You've learned the hard way a few times, huh? Yeah, I keep hitting that, that two by four in my head, and I'm finally I'm getting it. Uh, go, go. Yeah, you like going to a hospital and hanging up there and letting them come feed you that hospital cuisine. <laughs> yeah, I go, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Uh, if they want to find out more, because you are working, this is the new year, you're back on schedule, they want to find out more about uh, what you offer and wh- how you can help them, how do they get in touch with you? Give me a call at 901-606-9091. And I do want to throw out another point, too. Sure. I have a lot of business owners listening to me right now, too. And even if you're a small business, if you're two or more, um, and you are considering doing group health and you don't have any group health or small small group health, we can start that at any time of the year. You don't have to start at January 1, especially if you haven't ever had um, a small group health policy. So, you know, put yourself out there and let's look around and let's see what's available for you and, and make something more appealing for your employees as well. Yeah, because right now, retaining employees is, is crucial. Uh, we go so many places, and they go, we're so shorthanded, we can't take any more business. You don't want that to happen to you. Take care no. of your employees. Yeah, absolutely. So don't forget that, but that's always an option as well. All right. Diane Kimbrough, Lady Di, your health care PI. Uh, give them the phone number one more time, Diane. 901-606-9091. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.
Right, we can take a quick break. We'll be right back. And welcome back on the first Tuesday of 2024. Does Daddy get his juice? CNN's Anderson Cooper, I don't know if you saw this Sunday night, uh, New Year's Eve. Andy Cohen, uh, his pal, break their New Year's Eve prohibition with shots of tequila. Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen's this uh, celebrity guy that I don't know what he's known for other than being a celebrity. Uh, but uh, then Anderson Cooper, of course, is known as Anderson Cooper. And... Uh, the uh, they started CNN New Year's Eve off show with a bang, toasting not just from the end, for the end of 2023, but also the end of the network's prohibition for alcohol during the show. <laughs> last year, and I saw this last year, zoo hosts were ordered by CNN's policy to have none of their personal drink during the show, a company decision that drew tremendous outrage from media observers. This year, as Cooper and Cohen. Previewed the evening ahead, Cohen brought up the elephant of the room by turning the question of whether they'll get to have their their drink and be sloshed up this time. He said, speaking of traditions, it's the top of the hour. We've been here for seven hours during this, and for most of those years, well, at the top of the hour, we typically have a toast, Cohen said. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like I'm hearing from a lot of people. I guess I'm just wondering, does uh, Daddy get his juice? Uh, and can daddy get his juice responsibly? Cooper dryly responded, which I thought was funny to which Cohen mischievously answered. Of course, always when Cooper said he had no booze, Cohen showed he was completely prepared, pulling out a bottle of tequila out of his bag. Anderson, this is why I'm really a good partner to you. I got it. We're doing this. Cohen exclaimed to Cooper's chagrin. And so they started hitting the old tequila. After inviting the viewers to toast with them, Cohen and Cooper extended their cheers to everyone, and the first shots were downed. Will this lead to more alcohol-fueled antics throughout the evening? Maybe even a shenanigans or two? Who knows? Let's find out, they said. Um, so there you are. There was a lot of weird stuff, though. I watched Nashville. Nashville ain't Nashville anymore. Remember, it used to be a country kind of town, and now it's much more of a pop, hip, uh, you know, it, it, nothing's the same anymore. Ah, bug. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I thought this kind of interesting. Morning Joe confronts Corinne Jean Pierre on polls showing Biden losing his Hispanic vote. Now, Morning Joe is, a, he used to be a Republican congressman from the panhandle of Florida, the Destin area. Then he flipped over, became a Democrat, and started his show on MSNBC called Morning Joe. But he said a new poll brought dire news to President Joe Biden and his reelection chances this year. And White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was keenly aware of it. During an appearance on MSNBC's Morning Joe today, Pierre was asked about several issues plaguing the Biden administration, even despite positive developments in the economy which is their version of positive events. Uh, nobody else is feeling it. They just keep telling us, don't you feel it yet? We, it, things are great. Uh, but it says that Jean-Pierre was happy to tout the progress of Bidenomics, uh, but cautioned that Americans might still have to be patient. Always like that. 
Uh, some of those Americans, namely black and Hispanic Americans, have apparently lost patience with Biden, according to this new USA Today Suffolk poll. After strong support in 2020, Biden's support among black voters is now 63% compared to 87% four years ago. Hispanic voters are now favor President Donald Trump by five points over Biden. She said, hey, that's just temporary. Uh, we shall see. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Stay with us. grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. Thank you very much, and welcome back on this Tuesday, the first Tuesday of 2024. Joining me in studio, Paul Shanklin and uh, his sidekick, Gary Lee Kifner. Um, they're like uh, Tonto Gary and the Lone Ranger. Gary Lee. <laughs> yeah. There's that two names. It's not just Gary, Gary Lee. Lee. Gary Lee. Does that mean G- I can identify? Did your mother, did your mother used to say, Gary Lee, you get in here now. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> my mother never used my, my oh, first name is either. Bayless. And if I'm Bayless Earl Farrell third. She never said Bayless because that's my dad's name. She she never would yell at my daddy to get in here now because uh, he would not do that. Right. But she would go. Uh, I was. It was Earl, Pat, Pete, Tim. Now and that was the name of our two dogs, Pete and Tim. And so she called us all together, <laughs> and everybody came running. Everybody. One of you would bring it, the it, others. Well, it's because it was eating time. Oh. And and when I was growing up, I don't know about you guys, but there was never enough food. I didn't feel like. I mean, you got one helping at dinner, and it was you never went, boy, I was stuffed. You'd go, is there another little morsel, Mom? <laughs> Dogs got it. Well, it was, there were five of us, and, and uh, I didn't know what leftovers were until I, no. until I met Angie. And she, I, I she didn't, didn't know there were leftovers. No. If, if I didn't eat it, my brother David was going to eat it. All well, of it. And whoever finished the, their their whole plate first, got, if there was anything left, they got, got back up. They, and, they, they got my it. brother. Yeah, my brother. Would so we it. all woofed our food down like hungry dogs. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> Is there any more? <laughs> Is there any more? Uh, but did you guys have a great uh, holiday, New Year's? Yeah, yeah. Got things. I got you know just stayed at the house and got things done. He traveled. Yeah, you went to New York. Tell them what New York was like. New York was nice. Lots of people. It was nice to come See, there's back. too many people there for me. You know, I spent a month in New York when I first got into this business and um, and, and lived basically in, in, in on 42nd in Lexington, which is a couple blocks off of, of Times Square. So um, so I saw it from a different perspective back then, not just as the, the, the tourist. Um, but it, it was neat. I love the I love the, the energy of Times Square and I love the energy of the big crowds. It's kind of like shopping. I compared it to shopping on New Year's uh, or on Christmas Eve. People everywhere at the Mall of Memphis yeah. back is There's where a, we're at. There is the energy. Trying, yeah. to get, trying to get something. The, yeah. the, the energy is, is um, it's palpable. I mean, you, can, you, you can feel it. I remember uh, I was there one time and a uh, friend about Bill McAtee, who was with uh, NBC Sports, then later on finished his career out at CBS Sports and traveled the world doing the French Open, the British Open, uh, Australian Open, did the, the St. Jude Classic here for CBS. And I go see him in New York once and uh, – 
they were having uh, an Italian fest in uh, Soho. And that was really cool. It was like a scene out of The Godfather. Yeah. You know, it's all these music and people and all this. Everybody's Italian. Like a species spicy meatball. <laughs> and uh, in the restaurants, uh, they have all these little places that people selling hot dogs and, and pizza by the slice. And and you the food there, you, you can't find anywhere in the world. And the delis, you go into a deli there and get a deli sandwich, you can't get your mouth around it. No. And here they do a facsimile of it. But you can get your mouth around it. Yeah, it's mainly here. It's mainly bun. <laughs> it's a wish sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get two pieces of bread. You wish you had some meat. Well, you'll remember the bread, and you're like, wasn't there supposed to be ro- <laughs> roast beef somewhere in here? It's a lot of lettuce. Where's the deal in this deli sandwich? Yeah, yeah. The the helpings were massive. Yes, and the price was massive, but yeah. you got but a you, lot. But, you, of but food. you felt like it was worth it, and I don't think most people minded. If they get what they feel like is is worth their money, it's when they feel like they got screwed that they become unhappy. That's the shame of going to the restaurant that it's about. It's all about presentation. Yeah, and like here's this great big plate, and then we drizzled stuff all over the little thing that's in the middle to make it look like it's a bigger meal. But it's you're not, not going to get fat eating this. Yeah, yeah you're going to get broke though. It, and they do that at a lot of uh, fundraising dinners and stuff. You know, right. paint a little design on your plate. And it's a little um, scallop, you know. Right. I'm, going, I'm looking <laughs> exactly down, uh, and, and I look at Kathy. I go, "Well, we're stopping at McDonald's." On the way home. <laughs> you grab her plate and say, "What are you going to eat?" <laughs> oh, she's fine with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, right? yeah. it's like Angie. She doesn't. Oh, eat it's so much. pretty. It's so pretty. Oh, look at it. Oh, it's so good. Don't touch it. And yeah. look, they've got blue sandwiches. <laughs> oh boy, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for that one. Uh, I just saw a thing a minute ago from somebody that's the Wang Pole or something from the Chinese Almanac. And it talks about the yin and the yang. And that uh, because this is the year of the dragon, but the yang ain't prominent. And that means this is not going to be a, a. This is a yin year? A yin year. Yin year. Yin year. Yin year. Uh, but I've never believed in any of that stuff. Even the even the American almanac and weather. I mean, I, I try to look at it and you know, like, is the woolly booger on the move yet? And, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, in in all your financial training and the research you've done, does like the Chinese what almanac? What animal do we look uh, yeah, at? What yeah. do you, what do you base this? I'm kind somewhere? of partial to the rooster because <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> Better than tater salad. <laughs> At least it was a positive thing. Here comes the rooster. <laughs> well, I played basketball, and so I fouled like a rooster. So oh. It was positive for me. Maybe not the guy I was guarding. <laughs> but the uh, – so, I mean, because nobody can predict that stuff. I mean, you can look at indicators, but I don't exactly call the Chinese uh, almanac an economic indicator. Well, most things we look at are looking in the past, of course, and it's, it's not up to date. And some of them, uh, people say, this always happens when this happens. And how many uh, shibboleths, lies, are out there like that, that, you know, well, when this happens, you know, this is in the third, you put the alignment of the, and none of that happens. Uh, well, I, I was watching that this weekend, and I, Paul's not a big sports guy, but Gary, you are. I'm not a sports and they guy would say, at all. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I was trying to give you something. <laughs> but they would say, you know, in this situation, Just don't at have the, the Liberty, I mean, at the Rose Bowl, every team that came in here from so-and-so and had lost their, their last game last year has won here. 
That means nothing. Right. Nothing. It's, it's amazing how animal spirits control everything. Right. No matter right. whether it's football, animal spirits in the stock market. It's just fate. It's just, yeah, we tell clients that all the time. Yeah. Well, really, we don't know anything. It's did just you, fate. Did you see a hairy dog walk by? Yeah. <laughs> What was the moon? What was the position of the moon when you came in? Well, well, that's good. That's a good. Well, thing. that's a good sign. That's a good thing. The sad thing is, I'm sure there's a podcast somewhere about the full moon and what makes the makes um, Bitcoin go up or down. I think it's because people would like to think there's some unseen force that's actually of, of good and bad that's actually making things happen. In fact, I was talking to my wife about this morning. We were talking about, well, you know, ultimately God's in control. I said that's true, but remember, He was also in control during World War II. And uh, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened in World War II. Right. And so even if you believe in the, 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 the good and the bad, there's bad stuff that's going to happen. So what you're in charge of doing is hedging against bad stuff, correct? Or the worst stuff, yeah. like like Bitcoin. So it's like things that we know that it people see it and they, it's going up. And then they want to get in. Well, that's the reason it's going up is because it's going up. And, <laughs> and people jump on board of it. Uh, they're they're coming out with a couple of ETFs and uh, uh, to to so you'll actually have Bitcoin in your account and you'll have some protection, you know, instead of just throwing your money at your computer. But but still, ultimately, I don't see the what does Bitcoin make? What does it do when you're not doing anything with it? It's a form of exchange. Beyond that, it's you know, it's nothing. Well, it it's up. Hundred percent from a year ago, yeah. But, but I still down, wouldn't have, I down fifty percent from the high, <laughs> right? Right. But I wouldn't. T- I you know if if somebody can't explain to me why a company they say well, this company's hot and it's going up and everybody's buying it. Okay, great. What do they do? Well, I don't know. And that's where most people are when it comes to investing. They really don't know much about the company. They just know it went up and they heard about it. But if I don't see an underlying company that will support the future, whatever that future good feelings are i don't want to i don't want to get anywhere near it just means we're going to lose more money at the end you know i i know somebody that actually before he invests in the company he goes to the company headquarters and say can i have a tour of your plant and i just like to talk to a couple people say your operation yeah so it's why, fundamental it's why, called fundamental investing why would you not do that because you wouldn't buy a car sight on scene you know, i wouldn't i mean some people do i guess but and we'll fix it later but uh, and it's like I know another guy that buys homes all over the country. He buys them, fixes up, and rents them out. Right. Uh, but he goes to each house to look at it before oh, he yeah. puts a bid on it because they'll take a picture of it and they'll tell you what's in there and what's fixed. But never your due diligence is the only thing you can really count on. That's kind of what we do. We well, the way we do it, we we find managers, we're buying company managers. who who are doing that that boots on the ground type right of. somebody and you've worked it's, with it's, them before so you know they actually go do it yes right yes. well and the it's fundamental it's called fundamental i'm a fundamentalist when it comes to investing uh and so that you it's somebody who's actually going out and seeing what they do and they learn uh these fund managers will learn things about the company that aren't in the report they they get a feeling about the company because the 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 quarterlies and the the yearly report it's all it's always going to sound nice, you know. We're turning a corner. We're, you know, we're we've we're shaking things up. We're getting this division and making it in alignment. It's going to synergize. And they go to that company and kind of walk around, and they get a get to talking with some of the middle management, 
And they find out a lot of things that aren't in that report. No, yeah. absolutely. And uh, what are the get in on it or stay away from now the question is 1972 we tour the fedex facility in little rock and walk through there would you have said i'm jumping in on this baby i mean that's because that was a startup really right and, and right. If he's, yeah, i was driving by yesterday we got over 400 planes parked out there that take off and land it's the busiest airport in the world between midnight and 4 a.m and who'd have ever thought uh that Fred smith's idea when he started out I mean, even when he made his senior dissertation or whatever it was, he got the B or D on it. So got C or D, yeah. yeah. And then, then that was he, a great idea, but I, yeah, this is pie in the sky. This will never happen. Oh, because I mean, I, I worked in the oil field, and I was a guy who was called a hotshot driver, and we get hotshot uh, parts and equipment to different parts of the oil field. And it was a truck, but it's the same principle. You you went and got the part, and you took it to where it needed to go as fast as possible. That's what FedEx was, and they didn't have to have it there on site. No. So. And this, what they did is they picked a medium point in the country, Memphis, and said, we're going to send it there or have your plant there, and then it'll take half the time to get it anywhere in the world that it would otherwise. It's brilliant. Right. Oh, yeah. So Well, and, it, and he's, you know, it's 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 not just the overnight business anymore. I mean, they've, they've uh, he's he's shown a real ability to adapt to conditions. So he's, he's not scared of taking... That's how he started the company was taking chances, but he's you know gotten into ground service and other things that they had. Uh, he could see the you know future of the company being a little different as time went by. Well, when some of the pilots they didn't wanted, stay the same. When some of the pilots were talking about going out on strike, he said, "Have I told you about my new ground transportation?" Yeah, <laughs> it ended the strike. Right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Here's a part coming up I like. I remember. Do you remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> Those are back in the days. I say, it's way back in the uh, Yes, it was. Uh, what year was that? That was 70s. Yeah, it's the 70s, but I'm trying to, yeah, I'm thinking like 76, 77. I don't know, man. It was uh, that's when I moved. You to don't remember, uh, yeah. It's all been a blur ever since. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I was playing last week. I was playing some music for the BGS and from that era, Fleetwood Mac and all, and their breaker music. And it, it was very happy music, and it was all uplifting, you know. And it had a good beat to it. And, yeah, don't listen to the radio now. Well, or <laughs> XM. It, it, it's just. Uh, I hate. And, and like New Year's Eve, I mean, some of the, do you listen to any of New York or Nashville or any of those places? We we go all the way back to Irving Berlin every every New Year's Eve. We watch Holiday Inn. Oh yeah, and yeah. and uh, that's just kind of what we do, and, and we just go back to that and you know relive Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. But see, one, one more time. Just but the thing time. is, in fact, I was talking to my friends that were down in this. Uh, Taylor, Mississippi, they call it Mayberry because yeah. there are all these retro farmhouses that they're building down there now. They have the wraparound porch and the gables and clapboard, except inside uh, they're ultra, you know, all the marble top counters and everything, 10-foot ceilings, recessed lighting, uh, 500,000 retro farmhouses. Yeah. And, uh, but a simple farmhouse. It's a simpler way of life. <laughs> Uh, but people do like that. And we were talking about television. 
if you look at it, there's no hit shows out there because they're not telling stories anybody wants to hear. We all see all the crime we care to see in Memphis, Tennessee. The last thing I want to do is go home and watch, let's watch somebody shooting somebody. <laughs> I know. And, and, but the shows you think back that they were the most popular show on TV, the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, Andy Griffith, uh, Green Acres. Green Acres yeah. In fact, they were all on CBS and CBS was known as the Tiffany Network. They said, we got nothing but country bumpkin shows on. And we're going to get rid of all these. Yeah, they had a new, a new guy came in. Head of the things yeah. we're getting rid of all this, and they yeah. fell to what and, number three and stayed there forever. Yeah, and it's like, uh, but the, the the people loved them. It's like the Waltons, right? I mean, people loved the Waltons, and Earl Hamder, who's the guy that that wrote it and developed it, and uh, went years later back to CBS and said, "I'd like to. I think we could revive it. Have the kids that were on there as kids now as adults say we're going to leave L.A. and New York. Let's move back to the homestead." build back the house and and go back to that simpler way of life and the guy said it'd never fly nobody would give it a chance to, to develop and uh i don't believe that i well, think they'll fly in hollywood i'm sure well who cares what is going on in hollywood? Well, that's the thing they have they get in a room and sit around a table and ruin every good idea you know? well do you know how old the people are sitting around the table because i'm known people who have worked there recently they're all 20 21 19 that's who they, they, they're using as their bouncing boards. And uh, there's nobody our age sitting around going, oh, that's a good idea. You know. <laughs> what do we know? I don't know. So, we got Rocky 15 coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's he going does. to the nursing home. <laughs> he, he does have a movie coming out, doesn't he? Another, he does. I'm trying to think. I, I can't think of the name of it, though. But God bless him. He keeps. Uh, yeah, I noticed, I noticed the other night we were watching. Uh, we watch a lot of TCM. Robert Mitchum. <laughs> Looks a lot like Stallone, or the other way around. It but it's, it's the same kind of. I just woke up. You know, Mitchum always looked like he just woke up. I just woke well, up. Kind of sleepy eyes. One of his best movies is one where he plays this American that's in Mexico, and he's going back over to America to get some rifles to bring back during the Pancho Villa years and all that. Great movie. And then there's another one called The Appaloosa. It's another, he played another guy down in Mexico. Both of two of the best movies that I think he ever made. But he, I thought he was a great actor because he was so he didn't act. Right, he was just that Robert was just, Mitchum. He was Robert Mitchum. He was like John Wayne. He was Robert Mitchum, but it was he was did it so effortlessly that you thought this guy's cool. He was one of the first guys to ever get arrested with pot in Hollywood, and uh, they put him in the clink. Well, maybe maybe that's why he looked right. like he was just waking up. Yeah. Those weren't sleepy eyes. Those were pot eyes. Robert Mitchell and uh, a little stone here today. He, uh, what kind of bologna sandwich you got here? Had him with a mop and a bucket, and he was he got the, the prison garb on, and he smiled at the camera with those big eyes. Yeah, they got me. One joint. <laughs> now they get a medal. Oh, he no. get a medal. Uh it's different. I mean, it's, no, you, it's you, medicine. You get now. a dispensary. Now. It's medicine yeah. now. It's medicine. Uh, in Mississippi, it is. Yeah. You, you go to the like the little store to get uh, some cigars, and there's cigars, and there's the pot dispensary over there. But you got they make cigars medicine. They are, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> they make if they make you happy. It's medicine. If you, if you ever it? get bit by a bee or anything, you break oh, off yeah. some of the tobacco and you put oh, it. Oh, my on grandmother there. freaked it, me it will, out. We will pull the poison. I out. was in the barn getting some horse feed and i i must have touched a wasp nest and they got my hand 
And uh, I'm running back in the house, and my grandmother bites off one of my grandfather's cigars, starts gnawing on it, puts it on there, went, ah! <laughs> what is this? Picked you right up. And it, well, it did. Yep. It went away. Thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Joining me in the studio, Paul Shanklin and Gary Lee Tiffner, Jr., so did they call your daddy Gary and you were Lee? I was little Gary. Little Gary. Oh. See, that's the kind of thing you don't want to stick with you the rest of your uh, life. You know? Yeah, yeah I, I probably wouldn't have said that. That was just, a, a, don't say that that was just a family. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. around the yard of the house. It just just around the table. Now that he's told us. Yeah. <laughs> he's little little Gary from Thanks, now Paul. on. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, you walked right into it. I did. I, did. I thought Gary Lee was, uh, you know, but that's, yeah. yeah I, was, I was always Big E. Big E? Big E, big Earl, e, big Earl, the big Earl, and uh, of course I gave myself that name. Yeah. it was <laughs> everybody else was calling me Early. Early is a girly, uh, uh, Early Squirrely. Remember, they always make fun of your name, no matter what it is. It My nickname matter. was Bullet. Bullet. It was because I was so slow at anything that had to do with athletics. So it was a reverse. Was like, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a reverse thing. Uh, it was like molasses. Like, yeah, uh, here yeah. comes molasses. I'm slow. I heard somebody the other day at a football game describe this guy. I said, this Unless guy, you're thinking. his nickname is the postman. I said, why well, they call him the postman? I said, because he's slower than the U.S. mail. Harmon's <laughs> <laughs> called, called the postman. Yeah, see, at first I thought it was a very positive thing. Like, you know, he yeah. always delivers the mail. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, Rain, sleet, and snow, all he's, that. He's slower than the U.S. mail, which you may never even get it. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of getting it in the, the year ahead, uh, I know everybody's looking at uh, investments and what's strong. I mean, we've already pretty much taken a look at crypto and uh, AI, 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 AI. And yeah. well, I think AI is certainly something to keep your eye on. Well, it's uh, better. It's the that it's not really new. It's actually been around as far as they've been developing it. Well, but what, but will it be? You know, uh, I talked to a tech friend of mine, and uh, I said, "What do you think?" He says, "Well." There's a lot of cool technology that never gets adopted. They can't figure out what to do with it. Yeah, or they, or in the case of say lawyers, they may go to the first. Their first trip is going to be to the state house and say, "You can't, you can't use AI to do law work because it has to be looked over by a lawyer. Otherwise, it's not well a lawyer." In you fact, know, courts not. have already told lawyers that you can't use it because it will plagiarize and. Make stuff up that's not based on fact. Oh, that's kind of a lawyer's job they, at times, isn't it? <laughs> but they have. My to, defendant could have been innocent had the moon not been full and the camera had his picture on it. it but what they have to do possibility. is go back and find a case that sets precedent. Right. And that the AI will make that stuff up. In fact, <laughs> this judge asked this lawyer, said, did you use AI to write this brief? He goes, uh, yes, I did, Your Honor. He goes, you need to really go back and check every single thing because it will make things work for the story. Right. Uh, but not necessarily it, it, true. Does AI have an ethics, you know, card or <laughs> chip, continuing education? Chip, an ethics chip, <laughs> an ethics chip, you know. I mean, we, at one time we were talking about, remember, uh, uh, all the, all the robo investing. Yeah. That was going to be the thing. We're going to be robo investing and, and come to find out that people who actually had money to invest really didn't want to listen to a robot. Uh, tell them what to do with their money. Um, and robo-investing was real, going to be a real threat to us, and it hasn't been a threat at all for me. I just don't think you could ever take the human element out of a lot of different things because um, you look at the uh, the AI cars, the self-driving cars, 
they'll come up, um, and they, they just happened in Austin not long ago. They'll come up, and if you, uh, if somebody's walking, they don't always recognize because they're looking for vehicular traffic, not always humans walking. And they also. The unusual. The, anything unusual. Walking in the wrong spot. Yeah. Well, that's. Jaywalkers would be. A, and, and there's always something that's going to happen that nobody's ever seen before because that's the way things happen. Right. But a human is going to go, hey, I'm going to slow up until I figure out what it is I'm looking at here. And they're going to go, I don't see anything. So a, a cow coming across a highway, which I've had to deal with, or an antelope or a deer, yep. you know, it, does it, what does it do when it sees? Well, it's like I had, a, when I was at the sheriff's office, I had, was going on a call about two o'clock one morning, my sheriff's, the uh, big Tahoe driving along by the, on Poplar or Houston Levy coming up on Poplar. And I see this deer on the side of my I coming toward the back panel of my car. Well, it didn't see it from the front because I'd already passed it. But I could tell that deer was headed right toward my rear car. So I sped up to try to, so he didn't hit it. It actually did hit the back of my car. I pulled over and called because anytime you haven't actually got a call in, the investigators come look. They said, well, it hits you because there's some hair back here, but there's no damage at all. But AI wouldn't have seen it. I mean, you got sensors on your car, but what you, what's it going to do other than go beep, beep? Well, and does, well, again, and uh, who's responsible for the car? So the insurance company, do they really want you in a car with no steering wheel so that you can control it and no way to control it? And, and, uh, well, therein really lies the thing with me. I ain't getting in nothing without a steering wheel. <laughs> that I can't at some point take over and drive myself. Right. And that's, the, would you guys? He'd try it because he's. I would. Yeah. Well, because I'd rather. Well, I, I, it takes me 45 minutes to drive into work. So yeah. if I had. Uh, what was the name of the cars that they used in George Jetson? Oh. They called them something. I can't remember. Oh, I don't even remember anyway, that. It, it, I just remember if, the if sound I, if I they made. Work. And I go. And it takes me to work. Yeah, that's, that's, how they sound. <laughs> that's how they made it. Then, then I've got 45 minutes I could do so. It's very similar. We were talking about New York City earlier. The guys that ride the subway from an hour out yeah. in Connecticut. Yeah. Well, they, they sit down and. They're, they're on their phones now. I mean, back in the day, they were reading the Wall Street Journal or whatever literature they wanted to. Um, oh, I, so I, I see the waste of time that, that it, it allows people to live further away and and be productive on their way to another location. Think back to when they said, I can remember it distinctly. They said, well, we're bringing computers into the newsroom. And I said, for what? They said, well, you're not going to have to type all this stuff. Said, oh, so I don't have to type it? Anymore? Well, you do. But you'll type it into the computer, but instead of putting on multi-layer copy paper and then ha- having to then divide up all the copies and hand it out to everybody, we'll print them out, and you can make changes uh, in the copy on the screen without having to wipe <coughs> stuff out and, you know, uh, exit out. Right. And I said, well, I like that idea. And, and uh, then you can send it to your editor electronically. He can take out a paragraph, add a line. And then send it on to the producers and say, okay, this story's ready to go uh, into the teleprompter. And I said, well, that's all great. But then I remember when the, the station and when at Channel 5, we had the ice storm. We lost all power. There wasn't one typewriter left in the building, <laughs> not a manual typewriter, not even an electric typewriter that we could have plugged in. And you were just winging we were Everybody's writing stuff out by hand oh, wow. on, on old copy paper, and it was like archaic. So there are all the the unintended consequences that are always going to arise, and um, it's uh, 
they could say could do this could do everything until uh, the, if the electric grid goes down and all these uh, these well, robots they, are going to be electric uh, fired until they do nuclear powered and uh, you can't charge them up what do you got then well, then you also have you know wi-fi <clears throat> through cellular and that you can overload a cellular tower you know trying to get information back and forth even if it is 5g i talked to a guy i know that's an expert in that and he said, well, they've already had some instances of that where they're, they've had the self-driving cars at a concert, and they didn't know what to do because it, 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 overloaded. Overloaded, it overloaded the 5G network, which is it's one of the very uh, uh, you know, high, high throughput data. And he said at some point, everything will overload, and they just didn't have a – there's no backup plan to that. Well, the weight of the electric cars alone, they say a lot of these garages that were built you know, 30 years ago – these cars are 10,000 pounds, and you get each one of them on a level that it was supposed to hold, like, you know, 2,000-pound cars each. You could collapse in parking garages. And we know that if you have a couple of thousand electric vehicles in a neighborhood, it, the grid cannot support them. You can't plug them all in. Well, if you, you know, if they're charged at night when things are down, when you know, people aren't using as much power, that's that's one of the arguments. I have a friend that has a Tesla, and he's kind of researched it, and he said, well, you could do it if, you know, if you're charging it. But if everybody, it's the day that they don't do that. It's the day when half of the power is out and everybody didn't charge overnight, and it, or whatever, hap- whatever didn't happen overnight, now nobody can go anywhere because – the car didn't, you know, we had an ice storm in three days. Nobody went to work because, not because there was ice, but because there was, the roads were clear, but nobody had their car well, charged. The, the one thing you can't do didn't is, have power is, at home. is drive through water that's up to the bottom of your car. Because you get that battery, especially if it's salt water. Salt water does major damage to them. And so. Uh, well, if, you know, there's, there's, they're finding, I mean, Tesla has had enough things that went wrong. Uh, they've learned a lot, um, and then Ford and others are learning now. I mean, there's uh, lithium batteries are, are not the best thing to have in your garage. No, and when they you overheat wanna, and you and pop. Do, what I used to do with the shrimp shells when I would cook shrimp and I would peel the shrimp, I'd take the shells, wrap them in the newspaper, and put them in my neighbor's garbage. That's what you want to do with your Tesla: is park it next door to <laughs> your neighbor's house. <laughs> that was you. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right away, and we'll wrap that thing. Carry on my wayward son. What? There'll be peace when you are He's leaving. <laughs> Who's leaving? No. <laughs> oh, we're, we're back. Just, That's Angie. Yeah, we're just talking about adoption. She, she was pantomiming to the yeah. song. So. Oh, okay. No, the, the uh, adoption of technology, you know, Betamax was better than VHS. Quality wise, yeah, right. But the but it was adopted by more people, but so it became the dominant technology. We were talking about hybrids, and hybrids are a but, better technology. But, but than, what beta was better quality wise, but not as many people bought beta, right? So when you go to the to Blockbuster, there were, like, there were like four beta tapes you could get. Right, and it was just personal preference, and everything else was VHS. Personal preference will lead the adoption. Yeah, well, there was a lot technology. of partnering on that technology. Oh, I'm sure that that went on that basically shut out Betamax. And I mean, the, flooded the, the, the industry, market with, flooded yes, the market the, with the VHS tapes. Did, it was plenty different than, than Wi-Fi standards. You know, I, let's just say IBM, um, let's go old school, and Gateway, um, and Compaq. We're going to use this technology. And therefore, they established a standard 
And then ever, as everybody started signing on that, they, they, at the time, pushed, for instance, Apple computers at the time. They went a different route. Apple ended up winning that, but and they, for, they, and, they for, and for a variety of reasons, they put out, they gave Apple computers to the schools, so the kids learned how to use Apple computers. Right. They went home and said, uh, "Mommy, Daddy, I want an Apple." And, and when they want their first Apple. phone, they want an iPhone and not something yeah. else. Right. And so then, everybody you know that in technology uh, that used like graphics and photography they all wanted apple computers because they had much and music and, and music music too <coughs> so that's how they they ended up uh, taking over the entire market and then everybody you talk to and they go oh facetime me i go they can't <laughs> oh you have a droid yes pictures look i can't we can't facetime right so it is interesting. Uh, then I just got this. It sent to me. Memphis was the most dangerous city in 2023 with over 400 homicides. And we're going to top that this year. We're looking forward to 2024. Most major cities' murder rates dropped last year. But Me- not Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. By has- golly, we did our best. Well. They're trying to take our population down. Well, and, that's and, uh, you know one way to control crime. I, uh, guess, I don't know. I Less people. When I first got here in 1978, the murder rate was about ten or twelve a year. Wow. Ten or twelve people a year. And and when I was in West wow. Texas, it was like I was per, I was in news two years before I went to a murder. And and that is how much. But it's, it's all tied back to drugs and crime, and. Uh, and then, and then once you cheapen life and people get mad now, they don't think twice about it. They just yeah, kill, you, they you, shoot. Right. You and, have, the, uh, have the permission to do whatever you want to because you got dissed. Yeah. Whatever that is. And uh, and nobody's getting punished for anything or even getting – they don't even have to cool their heels in the jail. Awaiting trial. They get to go out and do more mayhem. Especially if they're juveniles. Yeah, and I'm cleaning up glass after this. Yeah, uh, in fact, yeah. yeah, you said you're yeah. – Daughter daughter-in-law yeah. got her car broken into yeah and they didn't steal anything they just uh just, broke it just broke happened. it just broke it because they could yeah yeah uh i, I th- said welcome to memphis <laughs> so Plank, you want to buy a house here right thank you very much <laughs> said, that's why i built a wall baby. that's why i built a wall i'm not gonna come in there and mess my kia man Everybody leave my key all I don't know if you ever looked at the top of his wall. It does have broken glass bottles. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the yeah. Wall goes around his house. When we lived in Mexico. They did that. There all the walls around houses had broken bottles sticking up to keep people from crawling. He did that because people, he wouldn't, didn't want people to write their names on the other side. No, he didn't want them <laughs> coming over without the invite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want, also actually went up to him and, and got him to sign an autograph one time. He was out there riding horses. They came up to the wall, and they came over, and Ron actually had a picture of Elvis that Ron had actually signed himself to Ron from Elvis. And he came to Elvis and said, he goes, well, it looks like somebody already signed this thing. <laughs> I did, but it wasn't you. <laughs> did you Did you do it up on top? <laughs> did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then Rose, I said, where is it now? He goes, I wish I knew. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the uh, uh, in twenty twenty four is here, and uh, I'm expecting some really great things. I I, I think that uh, I, with some bunch of law enforcement at the Liberty Bowl, and they're, they're all saying that we're hoping this new mayor will uh, get together and will really crack down on crime. And and, the, and I think the, he'll understand just what it can do because 
you know, he he was in downtown development. Yeah. And it could it could kill everything he's ever worked on. Yeah. So and then they, I know they had a big hands-on prayer thing for him. They had a parade for him this past weekend, and so now if he just gets in there and gets busy and uh, tells the judges to start sending these people away. Yeah. If you commit a crime, it's a violent felony. You go away. There's no problem. And you don't come back anytime soon. That's the only thing that's going to stop it. Attrition. Get rid of the Are bad people. Are you saying people. that the root cause of crime is criminals? Criminals. Yeah, that's okay. That's it's that's a, what I figured. It's out. my yeah, theory. I never it's thought about it. That way. It's the root cause. <laughs> Everybody's looking for the root cause. It's like the yellow brick road and, well, it's and like, Dorothy looking for we have tracked, looking for your brain. <laughs> we've tracked down the enemy, and it turned out to be us. <laughs> we were our own worst uh, enemies. Uh, I do think that it's uh, there's so many things that are exciting. That, great looking forward to so i'm encouraged you basically you over encouraged or discouraged i'm optimistic i'm optimistic i'm optimistic i think some of the crazy in the last couple of years i think that can be dealt with all right we're optimistic so let's we'll be back tomorrow but we're only one day yeah come on see you then